You are listening to ACPN. Welcome to Rewind Cinema, the podcast where two friends get together every week. We go back in time. We randomly select a movie to watch and review and give you our uneducated opinions about. I'm your co-host for this episode, and my name is Gabe Whitehurst. Sitting next to me is a, a, a red-haired uh, a man. He's turning 27 years old mm-hmm. at the time of this recording. Tomorrow. In in. No, Wait, no, no. it would have been, been a week ago. I know point. your birthday. No, it would have been a week ago. A week ago. But but this week, in, yeah. in, re, in real time, since yes. we're talking about time travel this week, yeah. uh, uh, if you're listening, a week ago, Matt turned 27. But right <laughs> yeah. now, he's not 27 yet. Okay, this is more confusing this than the crazy. movie. Uh, yeah. So this is Matt Morris. My name is Gabe Whiters. Thanks for listening. Um, we are closing in on the end of this season, Matt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We only have a few more episodes left. We've already selected uh, season four. We're excited to get going, but thanks for sticking with us. We're almost done. Let's talk about something really quick here. T- today we're talking about time travel. Yeah. But before we get to that, re- really fast, really fast, call our voicemail, mm-hmm. as, we t- as we say each week. Mm-hmm. Our number is 908 768 2636. Call us and, and and talk about your your lost yeah. loves. Yeah. Or uh, your favorite pencil. Or your favorite time travel movie. Or, or why, why this movie doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um. I guess we should tell you what we're talking about. Um, yeah, we could do that soon. Okay. But anyway, give us a give us a call if you want to tweet or Facebook message us or whatever you want. It's at Rewind Cinema Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. At mm-hmm. Rewind Cinema Podcast at Gmail dot com. Yep. So yeah. Yep. Do yep. that. Uh, Matt. Yes. What were you about to say? I was going to say, before we get into the movie that we're talking about, I, I just I had a question. Hmm. What are your favorite movies about time travel? Mm. We reviewed Butterfly Effect. <laughs> <laughs> That's not your favorite. <laughs> That's no, nowhere close to my favorite. Um, okay, so the movie we're watching that deals with time travel, I, I, uh, you have to say Back to the Future. Back to the Future, yeah. Great, great movie. Not a, not a super... T- two? Uh, well, yeah, one and two. Okay. Three is act- actually th- we drew three for our next season. Everyone, yeah. little preview there. We drew Back to the Future, which three. is widely regarded as the worst one. Uh, yes, but so. it was in 1990. We drew that movie. I really mm. love uh, Donnie Darko. Yeah, I was gonna say Donnie Darko was my number one. Um, Looper was great. Looper was great. I need to rewatch Looper though. I've only seen it one time. There's some like film snobs that don't like Looper. I'm like, what do you have to do in a movie to get you to like something? Because that's such uh, a great movie. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's a good. It's a great movie. Um, I, I, I don't think a lot of the theory is necessarily sound, but it's mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter. It lives in the. It lives in the world. Yeah, yeah. And here, here's a movie that doesn't focus on the the implications of time travel. It's mm-hmm. just a sweet movie. Is Midnight in Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He magically travels back to the twenties, but nothing. Yeah, he, he doesn't. They don't explain anything. It they doesn't don't have it, to. it doesn't focus on him altering anything. It's yeah. none of that. They don't have to think about effects. Like if you, if you, yeah. you know, have a, love, like kill your mom and you yeah. die, and like you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's sort of there, just experiencing. Yeah. Um, all of this stuff. That's the thing about time travel movies, though, is that a lot of the ones that try to be too scientific with it just yeah. you lose people, man. It's like. 
Just, like this movie? <laughs> no, I like this movie because I thought that it did things in a creative way, but I, I just think that like most of the time you lose people and then if you have something that's like just magical, yeah. like Midnight in Paris, it's like, yeah, it just works. It just works. And you, you don't think have to about think about it? No. No. Don't get too complicated. Uh, my last two that are worth mentioning, Interstellar is a good movie. Yeah. I think it gets bad rap, but it's, it's fun. It's I never good, saw it. You should watch it. never saw it. I'd be curious to... It's to about know. time travel? There's a lot of time travel oh, involved. Okay. Yeah, I'd be curious to know. In fact, time is like a major factor in that film. Okay. Uh, and then amazing movie. I know it, it does focus on the implications more, but it's very well acted. It's called About Time. Mm. It has uh, Dom, Dom Hall Gleason in it mm-hmm. and Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Sweet little romantic okay. drama. About Time? About Time. Bill Nye is in it. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Uh, I would say my number one has to be The Fountain, if that counts. Yeah. Um, Wait, I thought you just said Donnie Darko was your number one. Well, I I thought it said it was my favorites, but who knows? Maybe I, I did know. say it was number maybe, one. Maybe not. But I take that back. And if I did say that, then <laughs> Donnie Darko is number two. And the, the fountain, fountain is amazing. Fountain's number one, and I guess it counts as time travel, even though he's like looking into a book and they're writing a book, so they're just going to a different place in terms of their imagination. I don't know if it really counts as time travel, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just gonna throw it out. there Would you count Groundhog Day as a time travel movie? Oh, not, not really. That's a good question. Because he, he goes back in time yeah. over and over and over again to the same moment. Yeah, but is it, I don't know, is it time travel if, if the events of the day never truly happen? If you just start over from square one, is that time travel? Right, yeah, I don't, that's a good question. Hmm. So maybe it's not a true time travel movie. Yeah. Even though he just relives the same day. Yeah. I don't know. Good yeah. question, though. That's a good philosophical noodle right there. Yeah, that'll that'll bake your noodle if you're not careful. Yeah, yeah bake your noodle is pretty hard. We, we should watch uh, Van Damme's Time Cop. Uh, I'm not sure. If, uh, I'm not sure if it's a good movie. Uh, yeah, I think that one sounds um, great. Three stars on IMDb. We should uh, five point eight out of ten. That's so. one of the lower ones I've heard of. Yeah, forty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and Ebert gave it a two out of four. Oh, so well, go, go uh, he's rated wor- movies worse yeah. than that. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen a lot of them. All right, so now that we have built up all the crazy suspense, today yeah. Matt and I are discussing a film that was the runaway hit of the Sundance Film Festival when it came out. Uh, uh, yeah, that sounds right. I think it was Sundance. I'm not sure. Anyway, this is the 2004 time-traveling drama, Primer. Isn't there some sort of glass or transparent? I don't know if anything we can use the window. Pyrex? Yeah. yeah, man. Okay, drop it. I don't know of anything that's not going to leave a gap in the field. But we got to see what's going on in there. How much did that cost? Yeah. What? You want to put my camcorder inside the box? It's so dangerous we can't look into it. If something happens, would you pay me back? So we have a slightly negative pressure in the box. So we're ready for the argon. But which one is that? It's the blue one. Blue one. I weighed it at 77 grams. Set the scale to decagrams, though. I was showing 7.7 decagrams. We're ready for 0.05 liters of argon.
Primer stars Shane Carruth, who is also the film's director. He also directed Upstream Color, which I haven't seen, but I've heard is very touching. It's a new movie, great. right? Uh, newer. I think it's 2013, 2014. Okay. Uh, I think it was on Netflix for a while. I don't know if it is anymore, but I really need to watch it. I've heard it's great. Uh, but he was, he's also an actor. He acts in this movie. He's the lead. Uh, but he's also he also acted in Swiss Army Man most recently in 2016. Oh, which we, we, we still haven't seen, which yeah. we need to see. That was like marketed towards us, and we didn't go see yeah, it. So it's on it's on um, Amazon Prime. I think, oh, is it? I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have something to watch this week then, besides the new Blade Runner. Um, so there was a 7K budget, which isn't exactly a micro budget. I think I think micro is five thousand and under, but still incredibly impressive. Yeah. what they were able to do. And they grossed $425,000. Sweet. Mm-hmm. The tagline is, if you always want what you can't have, what do you want when you can have anything? Uh, adi, 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 adi. <laughs> I just went cross-eyed. I just went cross-eyed. What did you say? If you always want what you can't have, what do you want when you can have anything? Can have anything. Mm. Yeah. Okay, good point. Even though they don't really focus on that theme. Mm-hmm. At all in this they do movie. a bit, but then they get sidetracked because they yeah. mess things up. I read uh, a tagline that said, "What if it actually works?" <laughs> yeah, what if? I don't know. I, yeah, that, that that all you got to do is build a weird machine <laughs> made of PVC pipe. That's what, I, <laughs> that's what I came across. Garbage bags. So there you go. Yeah, uh, there's not a lot of trivia about this movie. Uh, some interesting things were that they almost didn't have enough film to make a movie. It was like two minutes off. They had had just enough film to make this movie. Oh, really? So like, you can actually hear him saying cut at the end of one scene. Really? Uh, yeah. I don't remember what it was, but I remember reading up on that. Um, I didn't hear it in the moment. Okay. Um, but there, this, this is pretty interesting, I think. Ryan Johnson, the director of Looper, mentions in the director's commentary of Looper, that not only is Primer the best time travel movie ever made, but that when he sent the script for Looper to his friend, Shane Carruth, who is the director of this movie, Carruth told him all his time travel was wrong. What a friend. Carruth man. is too, uh, too in his head about time travel. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go too deep or you'll just get lost. How do we know he hasn't time traveled and figured it all out? Apparently he thing. has because this movie is... Yeah. Definitely hard to follow. Most most definitely. Uh, so this is a 68 on Metascore, 6.9 on IMDb. Ebert gave it 3.5 stars and a 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. Cool. I think it deserves that. Yeah. I think it sits where it should. Uh, so we'll just kind of talk through this like we normally do and, and talk about things. And I think at the end is when we can kind of explain what we thought of the theory and, and all that kind of stuff. Because cool. it, it is... It does take a little bit of noodling throughout the process. Yeah, I, I will say I told you uh, yesterday that I was going to try to get into different time travel theories. Definitely didn't yeah. have time for that. I read <laughs> up on some of them. Yeah, uh, and it was just like it was just too much to. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty dense, man. Yeah, they are gotta, so you, you crazy. Bring in like particle physics. <laughs> <laughs> it gets kind of it gets kind of insane. Yeah. What does he say in, uh, in uh, uh, Back to the Future? He's like, we already determined that. Whatever you travel to in the dock? future can have dire consequences on the past. I don't remember, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that movie has some good theory. I don't know. It has some yeah. good theory in it, even yeah. though it's a simple, fun movie. It's a, it's a nice introduction. Yeah, to, just build a flux capacitor yeah, and put uh, it in a car yeah. and go... What is it? They got to go 88, 1988? I don't know. 1.21 gigawatts? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. There are nerds just screaming at, like <laughs> in the train right now. So... 
this movie opens with a group of friends. Aaron and Abe are the most important of the four, but there's also Philip and Robert. And yeah. they're obviously like techies. Um, and this is in the 90s. And they're working, they work on computers and they make uh, fact-checking software is what they normally work on. But they think that they can do something better with their time. So the first few scenes are really just them working on this thing that we don't know what it is right now. Yeah, we're like fly on the wall here. Yeah, and, and I got to admit, man, the, the first 30 minutes of this movie are tough because it's just them talking about this thing that they're building in very scientific terms. Mm-hmm. They're always talking about theory about how to get it to work. So like, yeah, but we're not using enough uh, freemium on this thing and we got to use these certain pipes. And you're like, what are they what are they talking about, dude? Why are they telling me all this stuff? Yeah, I, it was an interesting uh, take. Like they they don't wait for you to catch up mm-hmm. at all. And I um but I was intrigued because you don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. So you you know that it eventually I thought that was like this weird stylistic choice for the first 30 minutes and then the movie would start. Yeah. And it kind of sticks with that mm-hmm. you're watching us have these conversations the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was hard, but we caught up. Yeah, eventually. I guess there is some intrigue, but at the same time, it was just too dense for me. I started to get lost, and it did catch me like halfway through, but at, at the beginning, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this movie. Okay, all right. Um, and so there are lots of shots of them building this machine. They're taking spare parts from cars, from refrigerators. They need Freon from the refrigerator, yeah. which is like a chemical that helps the water freeze, I guess. Cools it down. Cools it down. Cool, yeah. Uh, so they're just building something, and I like the feel of this movie so far. It was indie, but it's not in a bad way. Yeah, it, it feels well constructed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see the it's grainy, and it's not. They don't have a lot of money, but it doesn't mm-hmm. bother me. I thought it was good. There's like clear passion and clear purpose behind the movie, which I think is important. Yeah, and I uh, I'll say this at the end too, but I don't know how you felt, but I th- I thought the acting was pretty natural. Did you not like the acting? Um, in some spots it became a little robotic. Uh, Abe, especially, I thought Aaron was a better actor than Abe. Abe sometimes his delivery is very flat, which I guess is more natural than like going overboard with it. But at the same time, he wasn't very interesting to me. Yeah, I was just impressed at how fast these guys are talking. The yeah. conversations are really, really rapid, and they don't miss a beat. I mean, I, so I don't know if it was any of it was improvised, but they really. I, I just thought for a bunch of kind of no name actors. Mm-hmm. They really did a good job. Yeah. No, I like the performances. Um, and a lot of people are just in and out. They come in, but nobody's really distracting in a bad way. No. Like a lot of times in these types of movies, you have that person where you're like, please do not come on screen anymore because <laughs> I cannot stand you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's nobody like that in this. So Abe and Aaron get this machine to work finally, but they're not really sure what it did. They turn it on and it stays on for like, two minutes or 20 minutes after you pull the power out of it. Yeah. And they put this little weeble wobble thing in it and they try to see like what is happening to it with a camera in, in the inside. Uh, but you know, they just don't, they don't know what happened. They just turn it on and it worked, but it just they don't there. see, yeah, they don't yeah. see any, like anything happen outwardly. Um, but they think that they found some sort of reliable power sources at first is what they think they found. So they're trying to market it uh, and they want to sell it to investors. Uh, as something like you know renewable energy, but they also want to hide it from Philip and Robert, who are their other two coworkers who haven't been working on it as much as them. Yeah, those guys are sort of inconsequential. Yeah. After what the first thirty minutes, they pop up again yeah. in the middle of the movie, but they don't really do anything. Yeah, they only yeah they're about fifteen or twenty minutes in the movie. You just don't really see them anymore. You see them in the middle, but they don't have any impact at okay, all. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And they're also trying to secure investors, so they talk to um, Abe's girlfriend's dad, is who I think it is, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he's dating a girl, and they're mm-hmm. trying to impress her father, yeah. who is a business, owns something, I don't know, and they're trying to get his money. But he's not really interested. Right. But and, it, they, and it's really fast. The scene where it shows that guy is like, yeah. you see him, if you're not paying attention, no. it, you, it, you totally miss it. Because like, I didn't until they recap it later. I was like, oh, yeah. well, that's what that was. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so they actually find out that there's a weird protein being emitted from their machine. It's on the Weeble Wobble thing. Um, and so they get professional opinions from scientists. This guy was actually not very good. <laughs> yeah. the, the scientist they talk to, they go to him and he's like, you know, tell him what you told me. And so he says it twice to both of them, which is supposed to be funny. Yeah, right. But he didn't really do a good job selling it. Um, but yeah, there's a protein forming outside of the Weeble Wobble and they don't know why. Like an actual, like a fungus-ish type thing you can yeah. wipe away with your finger. Like it's a buildup of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they take it to this guy working in a lab. Did you see this? <laughs> yeah. He's filling test tubes. Oh, yes, I did see and that. he spills it, but he, he thinks about doing something, but he just goes back to filling test tubes, and it's like they clearly they couldn't clearly reshoot that. They clearly couldn't reshoot it, yeah. They, because they, uh, they walk into the frame, and he like, yeah, he's... After he spills this thing, you're like, oh, if that was a real scientist, he would have addressed that. But yeah. they don't. So, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was pretty I, I hilarious. I laughed, yeah. Yeah. So, they, they get more opinions, but everyone's just like, it's just like a, a weird protein. Like, we don't know what it is, and we don't know what to do with it. So, there's nothing you can really do. And the only, the only thing that we really glean from knowing that this protein exists is that this nerdy scientist that they meet with, Essentially tells them that at a at a regular rate, where because they grow this protein in labs, they har- they grow it and harvest it to do something with. Mm-hmm. But it takes yeah, it takes like a long time seven or eight months to grow the same amount that their machine is growing every time they use it. Yeah, so their machine is producing it at this rapid, rapid rate. Mm-hmm. So they think maybe it could be used for that. Yeah, to generate and sell that product. I don't know. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's actually at this point that they find that the machine has a greater purpose. Whoa. They find out that it's capable of time travel. See, they uh, Abe takes Aaron to the storage facility area, and they're talking about things they can use the machine for, and he says, wait, look at this. And you look over, and they pan over to the, um, the uh, storage facility, and you see another Abe walking with an oxygen tank into the building. Yeah. And he says before this, he says, you're going to think this is a joke, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not messing with you. Yeah. I wouldn't do that to you. Just trust me. That'd be in a very elaborate joke. Yeah. Finds me exactly <laughs> that would like be. You. But so we know that something weird is happening. Um, and so Abe explains how it works vaguely at this point. And we're starting to get into the meat of the movie, which is going to be hard to explain. So I think we should keep it to basics for now. Right. And then talk about the theory afterward. But he, he just tells Aaron what he did. He says that he goes back to, you know, 9 a.m. the day before. He there's, So there's two of them existing at the same time. And now he's going to play the stock market, is yeah. what he tells Aaron. And Aaron wants to time travel now, because he wants to go back and play the stock market as well. He wants to have all these benefits. Uh, so Abe just basically tells him how he did it. And so now there are two Aaron's and two Abe's at different points in time in the movie, because they have gone back and time traveled. They've made two of these machines. Uh, and we haven't really described what the machine is, but I mean, we kind of did it in a joking way earlier, but it's this cage made of like PVC pipe and some, uh, you know, you know, uh, a, 
you know, military grade like bagging that sticks yeah. around it's it. It's just like a box, a rudely yeah. constructed box. It's like a it's like a sleep deprivation chamber, or whatever sort of. They yeah, call it. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Sorry, I got lost in my notes. <laughs> That's easy to do with this movie, Matt. Don't worry. <laughs> that happens all the freaking time. This is so, where I was. I was like, wait, I'm lost right now. Yeah. Okay, and then I caught up. Okay. I was just lost in my notes. Okay, but, well, uh, you're smarter than I am. <laughs> so anyway, they're putting money into the stock market because they know that these stocks are going to rise the next day. And Abe thinks Aaron is going to tell his wife about the machine, but Aaron doesn't want to tell anybody. He doesn't want to tell Philip. He doesn't want to tell um, Robert. He doesn't want to tell his wife. doesn't want to tell friends. He wants to keep it secret so they can keep using it yeah. to uh, make money or do things or, or go back and fix things. Um, so Aaron, at this point, gets out of the machine at some time, and his ear is just bleeding profusely. Yeah, that was unsettling. Yeah, it's like a ton of blood, and it won't stop. And they go to the hotel room they've been using to like lay low every day for a while now. Um, and so, yeah, so after one of the time sessions, that happens. But it's clear that they've time-traveled multiple times at this point, because this is kind of a blur. This is like a montage of them mm-hmm. just like going through life and doing multiple things. And this is where it will start to lose you for sure. Um, and they're always trying to cover their tracks. They're always thinking about things that they did the day before. They're like, did you go to the hotel and do this thing? When did you wake up? Yeah. You have to wake up at the same time and do this thing. Uh, and, and one of the funny parts is that they play a lot with you know, what they say. And so Aaron is like, I'm starving, dude. I haven't eaten until later today. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I like that. I haven't eaten until later this afternoon. Yeah. yeah. But they start getting greedy and they start spending more and more time in the machines and they're losing track of what they've done. So things start to get murky. Things start to get crazy. Um, and somehow they find out that another person has managed to double themselves. Yeah. So this is where things get very dicey. Uh, they, they start accusing each other. Like, did you tell them about this thing mm-hmm. when you went back the how other day? How did find day? out about it? Yeah. yeah. And they're like, no, I, I didn't tell him, so I have no idea how he found the, out. The momentum is, is they're slipping. Like, they can't keep up with it. Yeah. It's this snowball effect of, like, every all this crap starts to happen, and they don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have no control anymore. Yeah. And they find this guy. He made his own machine. He's made his own version of the machine that they have, uh, and he's in it still, and he's comatose because he spent way more time than he was supposed to in it, apparently, because he didn't understand how it worked. Yeah, and so he's comatose. Was it his own version or their their failsafe version? Oh, maybe he used their failsafe. I think he found their hidden the hidden machine, which yeah. we haven't really mentioned, but and he used it. So yeah, yeah. So we think that maybe this person has died or something at this point. We don't really know. Um, and so Abe goes back to before the first time travel event <laughs> happened to convince Aaron that it's too dangerous. Right, keep, keep up, everyone. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of flesh this out a little bit after, but Abe goes back to tell Aaron that it's too dangerous. They need to stop. You know, they can't really use it for the purpose that they want to. Uh, but Abe built a failsafe earlier that we mentioned uh, so that he could reverse any damage. Aaron used the failsafe to go back further and to poison another version of himself. So he could keep that version from doing anything from, from crazy. altering anything else. Yeah. The, the gist is just that Aaron is in total control at this point of both of their lives because he's gone back further and has taken control of the situation. Unbeknownst to Abe, right? Unbeknownst to Abe. Uh, and so, yeah, one of his doubles was already in complete control by recording everything that was mm-hmm. happening so he could play it back to himself mm-hmm. and have every conversation the same way that happens because we learn that 
somebody broke into a party violently with a shotgun and something bad happened. Yes. Uh, so presumably Abe was shot at some point or Aaron was shot at some point. And so he's constantly trying to fix that mistake. Yeah. Okay. And he's done it thousands and thousands of times. Uh, and, and this is where I wrote this is this is freaking blowing my mind because like all of these dots just start connecting. Yeah, I, I don't know about thousands of thousands of times. I think maybe like five or six times. Yeah, but they kind of insinuate that it was a lot because a lot. Aaron says like you know it took me a lot of tries to get this right to figure it out to figure the it out and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the end of this movie um, is just that Aaron shows Abe that he's recorded everything and has an entire conversation to prove it. Mm-hmm. And so Abe is getting looped in on this now. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't, I don't, for some reason, I don't have my ending notes. <laughs> what happens at the end? Uh, at the end, yeah. they, they part ways. They have, yeah. they have a discussion at the airport. Ah, that's right. Um, yeah. Aaron is not the, not the, not the redhead. Aaron. Yeah. Says he's going to leave. Uh-huh. Uh, he's like, I'm just, I'm not going to stay involved with this. I'm out. And they sort of yeah. break, they part ways. He, he goes away. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and Abe is like, Abe, Aaron convinces Abe of being jealous of his family yeah, for some yeah, reason. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, there's another double in the world, which is why Aaron has to leave. Right. He, he was going to leave that double to, because to, that, that's the double that's been drugged in his attic the whole yeah. time, who wakes up and he, he knows that double's going to be in the world now. So he flies away. Yeah. And then uh, essentially the movie is him mm-hmm. in another country. Yeah. And they they lead you to believe that he's creating another box. Yeah. So obviously Aaron is a very greedy person and just kind of like And not really concerned yeah. with the the, <laughs> the ramifications. Yeah, the of, things that this is causing. So Yeah. But that's the end. He leaves on a planet and goes away and Abe just goes back to um trying to fix everything. Yeah. So he's left he I think the movie insinuates that Abe now daily is doing these things to make sure that the other copy doesn't get out and do anything crazy. Yeah. He's controlling him. If you listen to this and you have no idea what's going on, that <laughs> that like watch the movie. We really skipped over a lot for the yeah. sake of not hurting your brain. Yeah, there's a lot that we just can't adequately explain about yeah. this movie. And a lot more things happen. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot more stuff, but you that Matt did a good job of giving you the gist. So yeah. go back and watch it because it's it's going to be really confusing to listen to. We yeah. drew this movie randomly, and I'm glad we did, uh, not knowing how hard it would be to discuss. Yeah. But we hadn't hadn't seen it, so I'm glad we, we saw it. It's, yeah. it's kind of a famous movie at this point. So. I'm not afraid to say that this movie went over my head. Uh, no, no, no. I definitely, I missed a lot of stuff. It's a very complicated movie, and we've only watched it once, so we're obviously not going to have all the answers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we did find a great resource on YouTube about this movie where somebody actually went through and did an animation showing you how all of the timelines worked and, uh, you know, like how yeah. they went back and when they went back and who was doing what at what time. Yeah. Very but helpful. The basic gist. So, so like Gabe said, it, please go back and watch it before we get to this part because we are going to explain some things and I think that we're probably going to miss some things, obviously. But, you know, I think it'll help you more because this isn't going to make sense to you at all. But what I got from the movie is that we initially thought that Abe was in control the entire time. Abe knew how the machine worked. Abe was teaching Aaron how to use it. But what the movie kind of insinuates is that they get to an uncertain point and uh, it's 9 a.m. on Monday or whatever is like yeah. that video says is that 
from our perspective in the movie, the whole entire time, Aaron has already gone back to the beginning and is controlling everything from then on, which is pretty early in the movie. Yeah. It's about 30 minutes in because in the very first time with, that we see Abe confront Aaron in that kind of sunny parking lot area. Yes, by the storage facility. Aaron already has the earpiece in in the first time we watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's listening to the conversation because he says that he's listening to basketball or whatever. Yeah. But Which like, I didn't, ca- you don't catch the first time. No, you would have no idea. Right. But that's the thing is that somebody said like, you can't focus on the what of this movie. You have to focus on why everyone is doing what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's so intriguing the way that they did time travel on this movie because, I mean, some movies just work, like we said, like uh, like Midnight in Paris. Sure. He just goes back in time. That's fine. He goes into a phone booth or whatever he does. I can't remember what he does. Uh, but in this movie, there's like an actual theory to it that if you go back, there's still another duplicate, is what they call them, of you existing in the yeah, same time. In the same frame. timeline. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. Uh-huh. Which is, I don't know, it, it seems incredibly intelligent. I don't really believe in time travel, that it's a possibility, <laughs> but I feel like if it were to work, this makes sense to me. Yeah, I feel like this movie did a, did a really good job of focusing on the truth of time travel. There's, yeah. Uh, I, I I didn't I looked up the theories of it. I didn't write them down to talk mm-hmm. about, but there's so many yeah. crazy theories about time travel. And if and this movie does a really good job of um just showing the the consequences. Although I will say, I really wish the stakes were a little bit higher in this movie. Yeah. And maybe that's just the Hollywood in me wanting something, but they 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 focus on this ex-boyfriend of a girl at this party who shows up with a shotgun and they never really tell you what happens yeah he just shows up and threatens people with a shotgun and you know that they have to go stop him otherwise people are going to die they sort of lead you to believe that he shoots someone or he he, maybe he kills like you said maybe he kills aaron yeah but we don't we don't really know and i so maybe this is cheap of me but i kind of wanted the stakes to be higher i wanted something negative to happen Mm -hmm. uh god forgive me for saying so like (laughs) butterfly effect yeah showing like these things are still going to occur or if you which is a a theory in time travel like you can't predestination theory like it's going to happen no matter what Mm -hmm. or something worse will happen or something different and i wish it would show us heavier consequences because the whole movie the stakes just aren't that high you just you just know that there's doubles roaming around everywhere Mm -hmm. so that's that's about as high as the stakes go and as a viewer you're like okay but what does that mean we we aren't smart enough to know, and we need to know what that means. I think that the stakes were relatively high, only because at the end, they explained that Aaron, throughout this entire movie, was keeping this other Aaron from getting out. True. Which they also explain at the end with Abe. Now, Abe has to do the same thing, because yeah. he doesn't want to leave. Yeah. Like, Aaron just wants to book it and leave that other copy there and move to, like, Costa Rica or somewhere remote. And Abe was like, I can't, I can't do that, man. I have to make sure that nothing bad happens. So I have to stay here. And for the rest of my life, I have to make sure that your do copy doesn't do anything crazy. Yeah. And I think that's such an interesting concept because, I mean, the message here isn't like, don't mess with time travel because none of us can. But it's like... <laughs> How do you know, man? <laughs> it's like, don't get yourself into anything you can't get yourself out of. Sure. Which I thought was a clever you know theme of the movie and really impactful because it's like they do make a ton of mistakes and they are figuring it out on the fly because abe abe has a better idea of how to use it than aaron does but aaron just gets in there and goes and he messes things up yeah so it's don't get 
get yourself in anything you can't get out of. Mm-hmm. However, and that is that is his plan. That is yeah. Abe's plan, and he thinks the whole the whole time mm-hmm. he has a failsafe. Yeah, and there's a moment in the movie where he decides we've gotten too deep into this, mm-hmm. and he goes to the storage facility to his failsafe machine and realizes that Aaron has already used it. Yeah, which ruins everything because mm-hmm. you can't you you can use it multiple times, right? Yeah, but he he set this failsafe up specifically to go back in time to before anything ever happened. Yeah. And Aaron uses it already, so it's ruined. Yeah, and that that also, it also, sh- like, Gabe can't forget, or not Gabe, Abe can't forget. <laughs> I that, can't forget. <laughs> Abe can't forget that he saw that that happened, so that's going to impact the way that he sees the future forever now. Right. So it's just, this movie is such a domino effect, and... I, I don't really know what more we can say about it. I don't think we can. It, this it's is a, a very, rabbit hole, man. Like it's it's hard to do on a podcast. You it's just a tough need to movie watch. to yeah, tough cookie to crack. Yeah, is that wa- what they say? <laughs> tough, tough, tough nut to crack, maybe. Tough nut to crack. Tough cookie to <laughs> cookies are relatively easy to crack. Tough cookie to crumble. I don't. Uh, <laughs> that's the way the cookie crumbles. I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, okay, well, what are your final thoughts about it then? Uh, personally, I I really liked it, and that's not just me trying to feel smart and say that I got it because I openly admit that there are things that I don't understand about this movie, and I would have to watch a few more times to get. Yeah, some people don't like those types of movies. I personally do. I like going back and seeing new things that I didn't see before, and you're going to re-examine this movie with a new eye after having seen it. That's just kind of the way it works. And Shane Carruth even said that he was like. I want people to go back and see this five or six times to fully understand it, which, you know, you call it pretension, call it whatever you want. (laughs) I think it's artistry and I think it's cool. And I think that he has created a sound theory that works within the context of the movie, you know, in life, whatever that, if it doesn't make sense, I don't care about that in primer. It all makes sense. It makes sense. And to me, I thought it was very clever how it all just kind of convenes at the end and has a strong message uh, as we mentioned before, I thought all the craft was there for mm-hmm. an indie movie. It looks nice. Uh, you know, the shots and the composition aren't anything special, but it doesn't need to be. Yeah. The acting is all pretty sound, except for one guy they talk to, a scientist <laughs> in the middle of the movie. Um, and, and, you know, I actually like the soundtrack a lot. It's yeah. one that I would turn on at night if I was trying to sleep or something. It's very soothing. And that note. Uh, so I, I love Primer. I will probably watch it again just to fully understand it. And uh, I think you should watch it too. I think it's a great movie. Okay, cool. I, I agree. I think it's a a well done movie. Especially, it's very impressive considering they had seven grand and they made a yeah. movie of this scope of this depth about time travel. They didn't have to have anything fancy mm-hmm. because we don't know about time travel. We no. we see a box in a garage yeah, and we some say PVC pipe. Like yeah, yeah totally like, sweet. That totally works. <laughs> um, I it's very very interesting. You're kind of glued to it the whole time because you just don't. Half of it's because you don't understand what's going on and you hope it gets cleared up. And the other half is because it's totally intriguing. It's about time travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a challenging movie to watch. It doesn't slow down. It doesn't apologize to you for how complex it is. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't necessarily think it's pretentious. I just think it's marketed, not marketed, but a specific person is going to watch this movie and watch it and watch it and watch it. There's probably some mega primer nerds out, yeah. primer nerds out there who have watched this a billion times. So it's really fun if you're into that stuff. I thought the acting was great. I was very impressed by it, especially, like I said, the dialogue is fast. It's rapid. It doesn't let up. I, I just thought they did a good job with it. The soundtrack is unique. Shane Carruth mm-hmm. did that as well. He's obviously a talented guy. Yeah. Writer, writer, director, producer, composer. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to watch his other stuff. 
it's a good movie. You should definitely watch Primer. I don't know if I'll watch it again anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Although now is probably the time. Yeah, I think to, to, re- <laughs> to rewatch yeah. <laughs> it. Uh, but it's not. I will say it's not as fun and you know marketable as Looper as Back no, to the Future. Definitely not. Um, those have a little bit more just things in their script that that you know romance, uh, action, comedy. You know, yeah. what I mean, it's and, and their theories are much more simple. Yeah, they're just more simplistic by nature. Yeah, Looper, yeah, yeah. you just go back in time, and anything you do affects the future. That's it. Right. Same right. thing with Back to the Future. So it's good. You should absolutely watch this movie. I enjoyed it. Good job, Shane Carruth. Thanks, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sure. <laughs> cool for time travel. So uh, yeah, that's it for this one. And uh, we're gonna go ahead and get into our world famous game show, Gabriel. What's yeah, it called? Uh, this is uh, uh, Russia's favorite game show, <laughs> the Metascore Game. Okay, so this is going to come out anyway. So we recorded Christmas with the Cranks before we recorded this one. Our scores are wonky. <laughs> oh, well, they're, they're not wonky because this is going to come out before that episode. See, time, time travel is confusing, man. Yeah, but the thing is that we already know who won that one and who didn't. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I would say the score would still be the same, right? Based on today, the effect would still be the same. No, because the score would be the same as last time. <laughs> we did our own time travel. We're, we were, we recorded Christmas with the Cranks before we recorded this episode, and we didn't think about the impact of how our scores are going to work. Our doubles are out there walking around the yeah, earth. Yeah, this, this is this is a train wreck waiting to happen. <laughs> um, so there is no score impact in this episode. We're just playing for fun. All right. We're just playing for fun, Gabe. You can't win anyway, so it's not uh, like it matters. Yeah, the point is Matt is still ahead of me, and I'm, I'm losing. So yeah. I... I'm really trying hard to come back here, but I'm not sure if it's going to work. It's probably not, and it's definitely not, and that's what I'll say. Uh, <laughs> that sounded so, like Jerry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's probably not, and it's definitely not. So I'm going to give you the movies first this time, since yes. when we do Christmas with the Cranks, you give me the clues the first time. So How do you know that already? Because I have been in the future already. You're prescient, my, as he says in Primer. We're my, prescient. Yeah. My failsafe was set before we recorded oh, this man. episode. All right. So, my theme is time travel movies. Great. I assumed it might be. Yeah. So, Looper, 84. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, (laughs) 32. Donnie Darko, 88. Your minute starts now, Gabriel. Looper, 84. Mm -hmm. Bill and Ted, 32. Mm -hmm. Donnie Darko, 88. Mm -hmm. Think like Pat. (laughs) (laughs) That's hard to do. Um... Donnie Darko is an amazing movie. I know it was critically acclaimed. It's not, it wasn't loved by the public. There's no mm-hmm. way that movie was loved by the public. It is now. It's like a cult film now. Mm-hmm. So I can see that the score could be 88. Yeah. Um, however, that seems very, very high. Looper, that seems high too, because I think people didn't love Looper as much as we liked Looper. Mm-hmm. Bill and Ted seems accurate. I'm going to say, just take it, total guess, doesn't matter. Looper. I think the score is lower. Gabe, 
You're wrong. Bill and Ted's Excellent wah, Adventure was a 44. Wah, wah. <laughs> okay. You got Bill, me there. Bill and Ted's, man. Come on. Oh, come on. Everyone loves Bill and Terrible Ted's. Terrible movie. Let me go back and get Genghis Khan. Yeah. That's, he doesn't know how to speak English. Yeah. It's great. Let's rewatch that. Except <laughs> not. I, I would watch it. it. All right. So I am terrible at this game. I'm losing hard. Matt, your theme is your favorite actor of all time. Oh, Gary Busey? <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Fraser. Oh, yay. <laughs> the Mummy, 59. Mm-hmm. Blast from the Past, 48. What? is that that was a big movie with alicia silverstone christopher uh-huh. walken i have no idea what that is actually kind of deals with time travel he's in a he's in a they're in a bunker and mm-hmm. because uh, of the cold no it's like before the cold war mm-hmm. they think nuclear war is going to happen they're in a bunker they come out in the eight in the, like the 90s mm. no no it was a big movie at the time 48 and bedazzled which is a hilarious movie <laughs> and not very good 49 can you repeat this? The Mummy 59, Blast from the Past 48, Bedazzled 49. Okay, so I know nothing about Blast from the Past, so I'm just going to throw it out. Um, the Mummy at 59 might be a little high. I don't know if it was beloved at the time. I think it's one of those things where people look back and think about Brendan Fraser's career and what wrongly happened to him and how he has been shunned from society. <laughs> They're very upset. And then what was the last one? Bedazzle was a 44? 49. 49. Oh, man. I don't know. I feel like Bedazzle might be lower because I don't think people like that movie at all. Uh, I think people that like dumb humor and Brendan Fraser liked it. Yeah. It has some very Elizabeth funny Hurley. moments. But it's not a good movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say Bedazzled is lower than a 49. Matt, you're incorrect. Oh, no. The Mummy was higher at a 59. I'm sorry. At a, uh, okay, I was like, what? Wait, that's the score I gave you. The Mummy was lower, sorry, at a 48. Yeah, that was my second guess. So I you were close. I thought you were going to go with that for a minute, but yeah, you, you didn't. Yeah, so. I was close. Yeah. But like we said, no impact in the score in this one. No so impact like, in the <laughs> score. <laughs> we're just playing because we love it yeah. so much. So thanks for playing with us. Uh, this is the game five out of five carpenters recommend when they're building <laughs> tables. They love this game so much. They do love it. So next week, Gabe, we've already recorded it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that doesn't matter. We're with our friend Pat Daly joining us. Uh, he was in one of our first episodes, Wake and Fright, uh, and we we're talking about Christmas with the Cranks. In this friendly little town, there lived an enchanting family named the Cranks. Every year, they would celebrate Christmas together. Merry Christmas! Until the year their daughter Blair left for the holidays. It won't be the same. Then. Luther got a brilliant idea. We skip Christmas. We'll go bask in the Caribbean sun. We skip Christmas? What's up? No Christmas Eve party? Run away from Christmas, huh? A lot of the neighbors are pretty upset. Five months, two weeks, two days. They do not get frosty. Nora, stop the car. Talk to me, Nora. Please. Hello, Mom? Dad? I changed my mind and I'm coming home for Christmas. What? Based on the best-selling novel, Skipping Christmas. We have only 12 hours, so we're going to perform a little Christmas miracle. 
I'm getting the ham. You get the treat. Uh, and he loves that movie. Top three Christmas movie is yeah. what he says. Yeah, uh, tu- tune in for that and uh, and call us and let us know what your favorite Christmas movies are. Yeah, please do. Uh, we love we love calls. We love Christmas. Our number, if you want to call us and leave us voicemail, really about anything, it's 908-768-2636. You can hit us up on social media, Matt, where? Rewind Cinema Pod on Twitter <laughs> and Facebook. And if you email us, it's rewindcinemapodcast at gmail.com. If you like the music today, it's provided by Natural Anthem. Find them at naturalanthem.net. Yep. Until next time, don't get caught up in time or theories about time. Just watch movies about time travel, yeah. and you'll be safe. And watch more movies. I'm going back in time. Hey guys, uh, this is Dan. I was uh, just calling to let you know I listened to your your review of um, Blade Runner. Good job. That was, that was great. It's a little bit offended. Uh, y'all said at the very beginning of the episode um, that you weren't going to do any impressions. You had no impressions. And then almost immediately you did an impression of a robot. Like, love you guys, but you don't have to lie straight to my face. Um, so I'm still with you. I'm sticking sticking with you. So uh, as for the review of the robot, that's like a 2.5 out of 10. Seriously, it's borderline offensive. So keep up the good work.